Hey everybody, it's Brian. Now listen, we have a Patreon for this show, which you can find at patreon.com slash night. And right now on that Patreon, you can listen to a very special episode where Layton, Jarek, and I go to the Panda Express Innovation Kitchen in Pasadena. We recorded ourselves in the car on the way there while eating our special Panda Express food. And on the way back, it's not sponsored or anything. We just thought it'd be weird and fun. Turns out, the audio quality was a little rough. So we put it on the Patreon as a special episode. It's really fun, and I recommend you check it out. Also, every week on our Patreon, if you're there at the $5 tier or up, you get access to our mini episodes. And what you're going to hear today are two of these from the distant past, uh, which we've decided to put out on the main feed. But if you like these and you want to hear them real time, uh, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash night, and sign up at the $5 tier or above. Enjoy the episode, and thanks as always for listening. All right, everybody, welcome to Talkin' Tar. Uh, this is your host, Brian Wecht. I'm here with my co-host of Talkin' Tar, uh, Logan Gray. And Chris every- Hardwick. Yeah, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> Points! Wait, hold on. First first order of business, because we left yeah. off on a cliffhanger last week. Yeah, yeah. What did you send me? I. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, what it would t- tell everyone the thing I texted you that I thought I was texting my wife. Uh, Brian... Brian texted me a recipe card for a little thing called sweet corn spoon bread. Yep, because it is one of my favorite Thanksgiving things to have. And uh, now we're just making Thanksgiving for my immediate family. But I'm still right. it, it. So if you don't know what spoon bread is, it's like imagine a corn muffin. But wetter. Yeah, but like a little chunk. There's there's a chunky. Yep. So you get like it's like cream corn and corn muffin mix, and it's it's really good. A lot yeah, of hold on, real yes, quick. Please. I have to point out here that in terms of like kitchen staples that you should mm-hmm. have, just you know, for things that are like cheap and will serve you well, mm-hmm. Jiffy corn muffin mix, oh, Jiffy blueberry muffin mix. If you don't have like they're cheap as shit, they last forever. Yep. You can you can do so much stuff with them. It's and not so just good. they're so, so good. good. Even just doing it like vanilla and I I just doing it regular like the box says, it is great. But yep, you can absolutely. use it for other things. You can use it for breading. I've made like cobbler out of the blueberry. Like you could there's so much stuff that you can do with it. Like it's a great base. Very like early mid pandemic, I was like all about the jiffy mixes. So just if, great. If, if people aren't in the know about the Jiffy mixes, that's the way. We use them a lot in our house. A lot. Oh, yeah. Those blueberry muffins, like you, you, and additionally, they take really well to modifications, like say that you don't have eggs or you don't have butter, or you don't have yep. milk. You can make it with like substitutes and it's still delicious, like applesauce, man. It'll do yeah, it. They're absolutely. very moist. I could, couldn't agree more. <sighs> very right, like nostalgic, comforting. Just oh, I want some now. Yeah. Uh, well, if you were at our house for our house, our house for his. Thanksgiving, uh, you would have had some. But unfortunately, Thanksgiving has come and gone. Yep. Uh, at least when people are hearing this, although we're recording it the week of. Oh, that's true. Uh, oh God, shit! I gotta go. But, uh, you know what I was I've, thinking we should do? Uh, we'll have you and Jarek over for like a catch-up Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, which we will do the Thanksgiving shit, and it'll just be on a different day when. Nobody has COVID. Neat. 
I like that. Uh, okay, cliffhanger resolved. Uh, the, of course, Talking Tar is brought to you by Jiffy Brand Corn Muffin Mix. Uh, sweet, sweet, delicious. Let me, sorry, let me take that ad read again. Sweet, sure. delicious Jiffy. Keep it in your kitchen, fucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to try to minimize the laughing because it, it will send me right into coughing. Well, luckily, which, yeah, go ahead. To me is really funny. I, I love being at this. I mean, I don't love this, but. I love being at this stage of sickness and find myself very funny when I sound like this because my laughs get very like over enunciated and then just devolve into hacking, which is funny to me. So, <sighs> well, I'm going to send you something that's probably going to make you laugh and you, you're not going to be able to tell anyone what it is. <laughs> okay, th- okay. This okay. is a picture I just found on my phone from a couple years ago. Okay, go off. I love this. I this is my favorite thing to do on the show is stuff that we do, that we're just obfuscate from the audience, so it's a mystery. Yep, really fulfills my inner like mean ch- childhood mean girl or something. Yeah, well, you should have this now. I know you can't say anything about it, but why do you have this? In- <coughs> now, this, I know I've sent this to you before. I'm going to send you another one. Uh, this is uh, my favorite picture of me and Dan. Okay. And this one I've definitely posted. Uh, and I believe you have seen it before. <laughs> I'm like watching the text thread and I'm still seeing that first image. And I can't. All right, you should have this. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yep. So this was on top. Of, we were we were on tour in Vegas, and we were on top of the Rio because we had taken the whole crew out to dinner. And uh, I I I took someone took a picture of me and Dan where I look like I am. <laughs> I mean, drunk isn't understatement. I was definitely not. It's just like caught me at a bad moment. But yeah. I have it's the most unflattering angle. <laughs> imaginable and i look sweaty and dry (laughs) i think it is more so you really look this is the most turtle i've ever seen you (laughs) dan looks great dan looks awesome in this picture yeah with his fun little night runner shirt and in vegas and you're just like (laughs) you you almost look photoshopped (laughs) i do it is i think this picture is so funny okay anyway sorry to make you hack um, uh, but look, the, the reason I that was already a heck. <laughs> uh, uh, the reason we convene every week on Talk and Tar, uh, brought to you, of course, by Jiffy Brand Corn Muffin Mix, uh, sweet, delicious, wet Jiffy. Uh, if you don't have it, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> the reason we convene every week on Talk and Tar is to talk about the movie Tar, starring Kate Blanchett and uh, I believe written and directed by Todd Field. Uh, Fields? Field? Field. I don't, I don't I know. Fields? I can't remember. Um, so uh, I, I recently on this show, although I guess it was maybe a month ago, uh, I came out hard for Tar and uh, mm-hmm. said it was one of my favorite movies I'd seen in a long time. 
And uh, did, actually, did I say that? I think I said it on the podcast. Yeah, if not, you I did. definitely you, told you were you. very emphatic and talked about it not only on a main episode but also on a mini episode. Okay, cool. Uh, and now you have seen Tar. Well, see, uh, let me back up a little bit because okay. you know we record our episodes, and with the way that things have been going, it's like we listen and give notes on the episodes right afterwards. So I was like. For a little bit, it was just a lot of Brian talking about tar. And I did as I normally do when people emphatically recommend, like people whose opinions I care about emphatically recommend something to me, which is completely ignore it. Correct. And That's tell myself right that I'm, I'm not going to engage with it for the next five years. Yep. I And I was like, okay, cool. I mean, this sounds interesting, but I'm not going to go to the movies. Then I get sick. Then I have a Dake. For some reason, like Dayquil knocks me out exactly the same way that NyQuil does. Mm-hmm. Which led to some really disgusting, like six hour sick naps where I'd wake Ugh. up oh, with, the worst. you know, sound like the wheezing sounding like spray paint bottle when you shake it. Not good. But in one of them, I had a dream that I saw tar and it was great. <laughs> and I really liked what I saw in my dream. Uh-huh. Could I transcribe exactly what it was? No, but it was very enjoyable. And I was like, fuck, God uh-huh. damn it, I have to watch tar tonight. And I paid the stupid, like, I, I don't, I don't, I disagree with paying full boat for a thing that I'm going to stream on my computer. Yeah. And I did my due diligence and attempted to find ways in which to not pay for it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Not very lucrative path for anybody considering going down that path. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm sick. It's not like I'm doing anything else. Yep, like, yep. I, I want to watch this movie. A treat. It's really great, right? I really enjoyed it. I was like spoiled on it and it, including like that end beat. Um, yes. Which is fine. But, oh, so you, uh, you knew where that was going. Yeah. And almost that enhanced it in like the farcical quality of it more. I just love watching Kate Blanchett be gay. Oh my uh, God. Uh, this I and love, Carol. Yeah. Yep. Those cheekbones. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's basically my letterbox review. <laughs> Which all letterbox reviews are just, I want to fuck this person. Yep. Well, That's she's how they hot. Go. There's, there's no denying that. And uh, she she's hot and she's she, in suits. She's in suits and very professional dress. Uh, and it's so nice to not, it, like, you know, we're, we're ignoring a lot of the larger things about the movie at this moment, but having like the female protagonist not be in high heels and be like professionally dressed. I was like, wow, she's wearing normal yep. shoes. Normal Exciting. shoes. Yep. Uh, it's by the way. Uh, OK, listen, everybody. Spoilers. If you haven't seen Tar, we're talking about it. Like, I don't want to I don't want to hear that we spoiled the movie. It's going to happen. Sorry, that, that's it. the mini today. We are talking about the film Tar because it's called yes. Talking Tar sponsored by Jiffy muffin mix mm-hmm. <clears throat> i don't have a snappy you don't, I don't, okay. I don't i was gonna i, I don't gonna do you have a snappy open for you uh yeah uh uh let's see um do i want to keep being aggressive uh yeah, yeah you know what works. i'll use my favorite term of endearment uh jiffy brand corn muffin mix get it fucko <laughs> Fucko is so inherently more aggressive than fucker. Yes, it is. Because if somebody calls me a fucko, it's like, okay, I don't trust you. <laughs> like, it's like the people who are always saying heckin' good pupper and doggo. Those, I, if you say that around me, I don't trust you. If you call maybe a pupper or a doggo, 100%. you're not going to get to pet her. I'm sorry. She is yeah, a it, dog with uh, a G. I, I, I feel very strongly about internet pet speak, pupper, doggo, blep. 
uh, all that yeah. stuff. That's a hard pass from me on all of it. Uh, I may agree with the sentiment, but the language is very awful. Well, and I say this, and literally every single time I am driving or walking down the street and I see a little chihuahua, I'm immediately like, it's a little guy. Oh my goodness. I love to see a little man. Like (laughs) that, exactly that tone. Um, So yeah, I really am in no no position to cast fucko stones. You almost sounded for a moment there. Like, do you know... Okay, you're familiar with Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah. Do you know the scene where Eddie's in Toontown and he thinks he sees Jessica and he goes into the thing and opens up the door and the cartoon lady, it's not Jessica, and she goes, A man! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's... Yeah. You said a little man. That was very close to that. Um... God, I love that movie. Everything about that movie is great. It's a very good movie. Oh, oh, speaking of other movies, I'm sorry. This is talking tar, but I'm talking about other shit. Did you do the frames frame today? Uh no, I didn't. I'll look at it right now. Do it. Look. Well, I don't think I did it anyway. I guess it's always. Oh, okay. 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 I'm seeing uh <laughs> let's see. Okay. Uh it looks like they're catching marbles or something, and it feels very uh 80s or 70s even here uh are those marbles i don't really know what this is i'm gonna guess uh could this be et god i hope it's not i'm gonna guess et nope okay oh evening report with stanley kell is this network network is not in here oh wow okay it's not that shit what could this be? Wow, this is definitely like, this feels very 70s to me. I'm saying Stanley, nothing. Stanley Kale. I feel like I should know this. I feel like that's a reference to Pauline Kale, or at least an homage. So, Evening Eport. This isn't Close Encounters, is it? Let's see. Nope. Oh, lots of candy. Oh, wait. Is this really, <laughs> Is this Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Wait, okay, which one is which? Yeah. What the fuck is this? I this I know what this is. With the fuck oh my god, why don't I why am I not getting this? This is straight up embarrassing. Uh I wasn't expecting this to be a whole thing. I'm very I know what this is. Oh, I know I've, I've, uh, this is frustrating. Uh it's not what let me look at number three again. What are that does say or is it Willy Wonka in the yeah, I, I picked the wrong one. There it is. I met. Fuck. I should have gotten that on three. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I brought this up is because frame one instantly knew what it was. Okay. And guessed, and guessed the wrong Charlie. Just or like Willie. I did. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it doesn't, it's, it's counterintuitive. The one that is about Charlie is about it, 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 right. his name, Willy Wonka, and the one. Yeah. Because I thought those were Wonka bars. And yeah. Okay. Uh, Tim Burton, please stop making movies as an aside. <laughs> but uh, uh, what was I going to say? Something else about Willy Wonka? Oh, uh, I didn't realize until recently that this is this this is they wrote the song "The Candyman," like Sammy Davis Jr.'s big mm-hmm. hit for this movie. It's a oh. uh, yeah, that's from this movie. This was the origin of that song. Who can take a rainbow? This it's for this. Wow. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. Uh, I actually 
earlier when I was listening to my spooky, scary Fallout radio, they just included a snippet of the scene where they're going through the tunnel. <laughs> oh my it's god! Just like I love. There's this. no earthly way of knowing that one. Yeah. No. Is it raining? Is it snow? Oh, that's so great. It's so great, and it was so perfect. Like they they've picked so much, so many good things to just toss in there. There's like a little bit of like Twilight Zone spoken word stuff. There's mm-hmm. like you know, very over the top, like that classic green ribbon story, like scary story, like just super hammy. And then it'll just be some like out of nowhere, like blue, like dirty blues stuff. Like it's, it's so enjoyable. Like fallout four is not good and I have a lot of problems with it, but I've modded it beyond recognition. And so now it's very fun for me. (laughs) The sign of every classic video game. Yeah. It's just, I have to destroy it. Hold on, we we're talking about tar, but also I've been shut up and haven't been seeing people, and so I I just I would like to share a little bit about my mod mm-hmm. situation here. Please, um, you know, you got your appearance mods, so you can look cute. That's important. Mm-hmm. A fun one. Just I I just love the, how specific some of these are and what a difference they make. Uh, there's one called "Not Great, Not Terrible, Scarier Geiger Counter Sounds." Um, which is is it just clicking well you know how a geiger sounder counter sounds like it's in the base game it's like kind of pretty ignorable but the mod makes such a difference where it is like genuinely frightening and i got because it just like screams at you and it's very loud and gurgly and you are constantly Mm -hmm. getting exposed to shit and fallout so it's just happening all the time and then I also got one that makes the ghouls, like they're feral ghouls who run at you, that make gives them just like more fucked up audio. And now, you know, in any other Fallout game, it's like, oh, ghouls, okay, I'm not. It's legitimately stressful because it's just like the Geiger counter is screaming and sounds very real. And then these <laughs> things are just like gurgling at you and lurching out of the ground. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, and I then, love you know, gur- I- gurgling and lurching. My two yeah. favorite activities. And then <laughs> Caliente's beautiful bodies enhancer. <laughs> like a, a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nightmarish because like Fallout mods are famously for weirdos. <laughs> you know, any game. I care about looking cute. I, I care about taking cute pictures in a game. Mm-hmm. I want those mods so I can wear like a crop top or whatever, but th- there's such a fine line of being a pervert where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I just want some taste. I don't want everybody with balloon titties and their nipples poking out. It's the wasteland. <laughs> like, it's not erotic. Uh-huh. Uh, and then it's like, make everybody into an anime girl. And it's like, uh, this is fucking weird, guys. This is weird. Anyway, a bunch of radio mods that add more lore-friendly music. I, I had one for New Vegas that's like 60s Japanese surf rock, which is amazing. Somehow it works. Like, somehow it fits into the environment. It works. Amazing. I was going to ask, um, do you make your player look like you at all? Or is it just like. I accidentally cool did that this time. Um, but it's like b- b- very like bimbified. Yes. My approach was like I, I w- the game starts pre-war, right? Like you're you, you watch your, like your pre-apocalypse. Yeah, it's like immediate. It's very conveniently immediately pre-apocalypse. And it's they do the whole like war war never changes opening cinematic but like then it's you choose your character but it's either you be the guy who did the intro or your wife and i hate that very much yeah um 
so I'm choosing wife, but going hardcore role playing with it where it's like, okay, this is a stereotypical like 60s housewife who breaks bad. Let's go. And so she looks like Betty Draper. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been running with that. So to answer your question, yes, she does look like me, but I'm, you know, it's, it's extreme more, it's, it's very anime. Uh, anyway, what else did I get that's fun? A lot of furniture. It's like, it's, it's like Animal Crossing and Fallout, which is kind of fun. It's like the systems to support it are kind of bullshit, but like, it's fun. Uh, and then also one that's just called Sexy Hancock. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> Great like look all, all right. the companions in this game suck at least make one of them slightly more attractive <laughs> you know all of their personalities are terrible i'm sorry you give me you give me like the baked in companion who's like a spunky reporter lady and i don't want to kiss her like come on guys oh did you say i swear to god i thought you said comedians no companion i heard comedians when you said that. okay wow that's but really it's cool. like you're gonna give me this funky fun female reporter who's trying to take down corruption and like you've written her so badly that i just don't care about her at all as opposed to i want to make her my wife bethesda miss mm. bethany esda bad job <laughs> um, anyway you know who didn't do a bad job todd fields todd yes indeed uh so i want to hear mainly about power uh did you not knowing much about classical music, did you feel at all out of the loop with it? I felt like it didn't go too hard. No, I, I think it, I think it conveys those things really well, and I almost feel like the because I read a review where somebody was like, "I'm a classical composer student," and it's like, "All right, so you're going to be obnoxious about this." Probably. And they were like, "Here's all these things that 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 she's getting wrong, and everybody's acting like it's super genius," and it's like. I'm yeah, not a composer, but that's the fucking point of the movie. Yes, that's the point it, of the movie. Are you fucking kidding me? You're going to list the themes and the things that are happening in the movie like they're bad because. Ugh. Yeah, that that's that's a ridiculous <sighs> criticism. Like, yeah, whatever. Um, I love missing and also look, and making it other people's problem. I, it, it did suffer, I'd say, and I guess this indeed was the point. It suffered from uh, a a thing that I I have come to think of as the Mr. Holland's opus problem, where a this is exactly what you just said, and I'm just going to rephrase rephrase it, rephrase it uh, poorly. But a thing is presented as a oh my god, look at this amazing thing, mm -hmm. and it sucks and is not yeah. what anyone would do, but whatever i it's but it's it's the narrative like the function of the, of the thing that's the best yes like and i think it conveys it well especially considering that opening ramble essentially about having an egot like it it's so <laughs> was so funny. i feel like that establishes the tone so immediately and she's immediately just being like peak pretentious talking out of my ass about it yes. and like yes. i'm going to name drop so you don't pay attention to the fact that what i'm saying doesn't make sense 100% um, and i i think it did a, like out of the gate with the fucking adam gopnik interview like you're saying is it immediately i that scene read like a a, a, a comedically to me yes yes right 100% because it's 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 people taking themselves very seriously and mm -hmm. in a way that immediately rings false Except the whole crowd is like, mm, yes, interesting point. Of course, chuckle yeah. appreciatively. Ha, 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 ha. That was a hundred percent played for comedy. Yeah, undeniably. And I think repeatedly throughout the movie, like a lot. I I think it's you know it ends on a comedy beat, but I guess I saw people yeah. saying that like the 
that that's almost out of nowhere and it's like no it's not, no, it's not. because it's the whole really movie not. is like that. <laughs> it's just very explicit in that last beat i mean i i guess the you could say that maybe no i'm not even gonna say this the movie presents her as a ridiculous character right yeah she is yeah. she she is self-important she's kind of an asshole uh she treats people like objects uh mm-hmm. she's nowhere near as good as she thinks she is um and yeah. it, she's just waiting to get taken down, which is precisely what happens. Yeah. Um, th- as I was alluding to when I talked about this before, the only thing that felt weird to me, I, and maybe this was done as a comedy thing, was that first when she's teaching the like graduate class at Juilliard or whatever that was, mm-hmm. the, 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 the video that ends up getting cut oh up my and God. leaked. That was like... Brian, this was the thing that I had locked and loaded and was ready to be like, this is the one thing that rang really false for me. Right. Same. Exactly. It's because of they because of how it was edited. If it, you know, that's a little class that she does is kind of bad enough on its own. If you just snipped around, you don't have to do the like really internet-y like chopping and screwing. I almost feel like that takes away from the overall like impact of that because it almost trivializes that further as being like the first stupid thing and it's it's seen right. i mean it's easy for her as a character to be like oh this is like edited it's bullshit yeah but when it is so explicitly edited i, I don't know that it's not like a huge gripe or anything but it was just sort of it, like okay this feels a little <laughs> yeah it just it just felt false and that one the the person that she like harangues and you know gets upset as a bipoc pangender individual and i was like Clearly, a an old white person wrote that line of dialogue. Yeah, like that, that, it just felt that felt false to me, uh, and not in a way that it felt like it was meant to be. Maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, but that was yeah. the one thing. Yeah, one thing in the movie I was like uh, that. Just trying a little hard. Over yeah, there. I think I had like not an audible a... reaction to that line. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But for most of the movie, like I was chilling on my couch, but at a certain point, like maybe a quarter of a way through, I realized I was like physically like leaning forward and like mm-hmm. actually not on the edge of my seat, but literally actually physically on the edge of my seat. Um, yeah. And especially because of just how patient it is. I loved that oh, we're yeah. just like fucking luxuriating in this. It's yeah. it, it felt the the text itself is masturbatory but the exp- like the the additional element of like Todd Field whatever like really just y- you're in it with me sorry we're, like the this sorry yeah. not sorry we're just we're just going to do this now okay and it's going to take a really long time uh, yeah re- but like like i said before I- i'm curious if you felt the same way it like flew by for me yeah. it did, I-, I i was never like checking my phone to see how much longer it was going to be. Like yeah. I got out and I was like, that was almost three hours. Whoa. That felt yeah. like, you know, it, like 20 minutes or something, as opposed to the 20 minute shows where I'm checking every two minutes to see, is this thing finally fucking over? Yeah. Um. So something that like my experience of this movie is very impacted by two other movies, mm-hmm. actually more than two other movies. But are you familiar? I'm. I think I've popped it before. But the Michael Haneke, Isabel Huppert, uh, the piano teacher. I've actually never seen that. Uh, okay. I've been meaning you, to forever, but I've never seen it. I think you would like parts of it. Um, mm. I think you would not like the overall <laughs> thing. But as as I have described it, piano teacher is whiplash for sluts. 
Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. That's what it is. And uh-huh. the piano teacher is Tar's more feral dumpster diving cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's Tar is Michael Hennig is the piano teacher with smartphones. So yeah, that there's like stuff that is done here that having seen it done in a different context in the piano teacher. Um, I don't know. I actually don't even know where I was going with this. It's just like, they're very interesting movies to be like paralleling each other. Mm-hmm. And it feels parts of this movie feel very, very Michael Haneke in terms of like skewering upper class buffoonery and pretentious, you know, mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. chortle stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it, it's a very similar thing, like, but in the piano teacher, she is like, eminently qualified and good and there's so much stuff that is like i'm sure you as a pianist would probably have a better take but like there's really interesting and specific piano stuff happening like through most of that movie Mm -hmm. um and like her character is genuinely really good just has none of the charisma um and it's just like a fucking weirdo and sniffs tissues in the jerk off booth at porno stores and like goes and Uh pisses squats and pisses in a parking lot and then goes to do her little piano recital it's great i fucking love that movie it's so good just to interject here though i do think so uh what's it lydia tar uh Mm -hmm. she is good like it's not like she's not good at what she does she's just not as good as she thinks she is right like she she is definitely very the, the character is not meant to be a someone who's bad, who has been elevated to the point of people taking them very seriously. She's clearly very talented, knows what she's doing is extremely competent. uh, But nobody is as good as she thinks she is. Like, I think that that, that's the point is that she takes herself so seriously um, and takes her career, you know, more seriously than anything, which is, you could be the, best fucking composer in the world and still you're not going to be at the level that she thinks she is. So I I want to make it clear to people who haven't seen the movie that this is not an incompetent person who is given a position of power. It's just someone who thinks that she is the greatest person in the world. Well, and truly that, that is the thing that is more common that it is commenting on. There are plenty of people who are absolute fucking buffoons who have a ton of power and money, but I think this is very wise to be pointing at the like, yeah, they can be really, really talented. They can also be a complete and total fucker who is getting further elevated by the fact that everyone's just yes. banking on how great the cultural cachet of like how great they are. Um, right. can, can you think now, of course, it's a hard to say, and this is a big part of the, the film, you know, there's like the, the public facing and the private facing. Uh, who are the people who are like in in our current society people are out there who seem like they are not complete a-holes but are nevertheless great and i mean the first person i would put up there is david lynch who is widely hailed as a genius and is and yet does not seem like a complete fucker uh can you think of anyone like that's the date like this is my issue I, you know, we all indulge in that. I have my parasocial relationships with Daddy Lynch, et cetera. But it's this constant positioning of like, and this is not what you're trying to do, but this is the thing that annoys me of like, oh, well, this person is, we found out they're bad. Anyway, this person who's perfect and has never done anything wrong. Oh my God, what? They're a bad person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, 
guys, stop, stop. Like, there is obviously an issue where a lot of people are fuckers. But also at a certain point, I think people need to understand how much of like they call it like in in academic shit they call us the star text, quote unquote star text of everything that is like contained within the celebrity image of like it's like the celebrity religious icon of a person. You can see this really well with like John Mulaney and the sort of like shit that sprouted up around him. That's you know he. It's based on shit that he said and did and uh, his comedy and whatever, but so much of it was like parasocial. Yes. And then when the real person does not match up with the thing, it's like a complete and total rejection. Like I'm waiting for, say, some Keanu Reeves story to come out and then everyone's going to be like, oh, well, well, actually, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like once you reach a certain threshold of popularity, then everybody's just like looking for the thing. Yes. Um, Yeah. but to, I to really me, love yeah, what sorry. I love about this movie as somebody who is a woman who has had to deal with people like Tar, um, who are not women, uh, and just you know existing. Actually, actually, what I'm saying here is existing as a woman, you have met and you know interacted with a person like this, like a and, cult of personality type person. Well, like like a cult of personality, but also just somebody who's using like their professional status or age to like get hooks into you yeah like it's it it is a very real thing and i think it is depicted so well in this Mm -hmm. i think like like how she does it with the cellist as we yes yeah yeah. yes very much so and the way that she treats her assistant like yeah all of it is is so spot on that like i care less about the sort of like quote-unquote cancel culture nature of the narrative like that yeah where it's so like yeah, this is exactly how this happens. And I think it depicts the way that you feel when that happens to you really well. Also, I mean, I guess it ends in uh, bad ways for prominent person in this. Uh, but right, but in the real world, often does not. Yeah. But still, like, I really like seeing this. Spe- I mean, I don't like seeing it, but it's it's good to see the specific dynamic that is often like the center of so many of these actual quote unquote conversations that are had about this where it's like mm-hmm. i can't think of many other like groomy characters in media off the top of my head where like the story is about them being fucking weird and groomy towards people mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah it, it, it it's interesting too uh, it's something that is not directly addressed in the movie but is kind of hinted at is this like how do you get there Right. So she starts at some point she goes to her childhood home, which is Linda. in this like, yeah, her real name is Linda and it's like Staten Island, I think, or something. And uh, and she has her like high school trophies up in her room or whatever. Uh, and her putting the medal on and watching that video. It was so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, but it, what what's interesting to me is the project like you can kind of you, you see this pattern over and over or you can imagine it i should say where you know you get a little bit of recognition and as you keep getting more and more you start to believe the hype and then at some point you know you pass some threshold where you're like i guess i really am fucking good hell yeah and then you start to act like you deserve it more than other people and, you know, uh, and then there's this progression that some people go through where 
they start treating people like garbage. And to me, that, that that's a very interesting phenomenon that happens to many, many famous people. I'm not, this is not a subtweet, because uh, it's not a tweet. <coughs> uh, that joke didn't land and I didn't expect it to. Uh, but this is like seeing like, how do you go from, Hey, I'm pretty good at something to now. I think I'm the best person in the world and all my successes deserve more than anyone else. And I'm just going to use everyone I can to, to keep this train rolling. Well, because Uh, it creates a certain mental architecture and hierarchy where that base block of, I am good enough to deserve this. Any acknowledgement that it is overblown and that you don't deserve all these things that are thrown your way is ripping off the foundation of that entire tower of career accomplishment. And so for people like that, where the ego is like a big issue and a big element of it, like you can't rip away that cornerstone of it or they crumble. They crumble. That's right. Um, Especially since, you know, someone at her level where she just has people deal with everything for her. Like she's kind of incompetent, right? Yeah. At least at, at yeah, some, like a baby things. in a way. Like that's right. Which I think happens to a lot of famous people is they, you know, yeah. you start getting staff and people to do stuff, and suddenly you don't know how to do anything anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I I'm, thought I'm, the I'm, yeah. the the sort of like repudiation of the cellist at the end where like the cellist very like blatantly snubs her after the shit comes out like i thought that was such a nice like i don't know it felt like a very subtle moment too like i i i thought that was just great and also just sort of how like the youth and inexperience and sort of like susceptibility to somebody like tar was portrayed and like sort of the like victim selection is not the way to put it but that's essentially what it is of like you know and you see that everybody around her knows like and it's the kind of thing that's so difficult because when you are that girl you don't know and i think this movie does so well of portraying the open secret nature of it of like here all of these people are adults with life experience who have seen this happen before you are young and talented like where we all see what's happening, but this is like considered normal. So that's right. And, and the people are powerless to stop it when she has, Oh, we're actually going to open auditions for this thing. And you know, that was so fucking uncomfortable. It is terrible. And you see this kind of thing, uh, happen all the time where it's, someone has some weird fucking agenda, but they're going to present it. Like it's, you know, oh, I'm doing this for the good of everybody. Here's just what mm-hmm. I think. And they, the justification for it is, you know, is presented in this very public, you know, public yeah. forward way. But it's just, you know, to further some kind of weird personal agenda. I thought the movie handled that very realistically. And, uh, you know, I, I was just like, yeah, I, I've seen people do this thing mm-hmm. where they, present something as if it's for the common good, but it's just because they want whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to see it again. I really liked it. Uh, it honestly, I, yeah. I feel like I could probably go a while without seeing it. I really liked it. It was not like my most favorite thing. Um, I think it just made me, I was like, I wish I was watching the piano teacher. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, did, well, you were going to say there were two movies that it reminded oh, me of. Oh, Whip, Whiplash the is the other one, Whiplash. but I feel like that that is a pretty like um, uh, frivolous, frivolous, like surface level comparison. 
Um, yeah, I think that's which is like it's a music yeah. movie and former student of like charismatic slash shitty person killed themselves. Like that's the main connection there for me. Um, yeah. it, but I think part of it is because like Whiplash is such a you know we're doing the music like we're very intensely doing the music shit right now whereas this movie you get sort of the glimpses of what she does yeah uh, but not much as a composer yeah it's not as like openly demonstrative and it's the same way with piano teacher where so much of it is just like here's her being good at the piano so i think it it almost like this one feels so much more theoretical isn't the way i I don't know i'm like stumbling around an idea the the process, and maybe this is what the person you were talking about before was saying, the process of her composing where she's sitting down at the piano and she's like, and then the cellist comes <laughs> over and is like, what about this note? And she's like, that's the one. It's like, wh- what? Th- no, th- no, no one would ever do that. That's not how that works. Like it, th- that, that process was kind of dumb to be frank i mean and i i almost feel like that further highlights like i make a lot of jokes about how i have a fake job just because like the shit that i do for my career is weird and varied and like you know results to me not having like strict working hours or whatever Mm -hmm. but i think seeing that like very intentional repetition of her morning routine as as she sits down to compose too like i think it makes it look so bullshit (laughs) like just wakes up does the same shit every day does barely nothing, gets all the praise for it, and it's just like, all right, there we go. So yeah. I and think they, they also they never, unless I'm misremembering, they don't play any of her compositions. No, right? the only mov- moment in the movie where, and I think there's a reason that this is the only moment in the movie it feels that way. But the only moment where there was music, and I was like, oh, holy fuck, that's good. It was when she was watching the cellist audition with like that predatory fucking gleam in her eyes. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, that was a great scene, and. Like, I don't know. I think that that standalone communicates so much. I don't know. Like, I, I think I I relate a lot to this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I think it's just like it's the, the frame. How am I putting this? Um, the framework. So like Whiplash and Piano Teacher. I feel like it's I, I hate doing this thing where I compare a movie to a couple of other movies like it should have been this. But those movies, I feel like I get more invested in because this the center center charismatic figure who is good at the thing that they do. You see a lot of them doing it and it's like demonstrative, demonstratively good. And then you see them mm-hmm. do terrible shit. Yes. This is like you just kind of watch her be terrible the whole movie, which uh-huh. is fine. And I love listen. I love watching people be terrible. That's my favorite. But when the crux of it, it, it's not a believability thing for me. I'm not really sure. It just like. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. And I hadn't thought about it is that you don't get to see her do her thing that much compared to like, yeah, like a whiplash or something. That's that's really interesting. Or, Or in a way that's as visceral, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can see her conduct and rehearse the orchestra and stuff, but. I mean, yeah, it's a not, lot of especially because the... a lot of that's in German question mark, and that's like almost yeah, entirely going off of like just the way she's playing it. Um, yeah, and I mean acting wise, not music wise, but it, it is so much. Here's her concentrated being a fucker uh, that it's it's sort of like there, there's almost like a, a Greek tragedy element of it where it's there isn't much else happening in the movie other than her being a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. And they really do make it work for three hours or whatever. I also like, uh, her living in the most uncomfortable apartment ever. 
which looks extremely German and possibly is, yeah. but it's like concrete and right angles yeah, and surfaces you would never want to sit on. I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. Read very European. Also, can we talk about how, you know, that scene where she threatens the kid, uh, <laughs> which is, I yeah. mean, if you weren't sure if this movie was a comedy, look no further than yeah. when she walks up to a 10 year old and fucking like <laughs> stares them down and yeah, nakedly like, I'm, I'm threatens gonna get them. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking great scene. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, this has been <laughs> Wait, is that it? Yeah, I, I think we're at 45. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. I forgot that we had to start a new recording because yeah. somebody, i.e. Zencaster, hates podcasting. Hates podcasting. It's and true. podcasters. But I do want to thank everybody for once again tuning in to Talk and Tar. Uh, as always, Talk and Tar is brought to you by the moist, sweet, wet, and moist taste of Jiffy Brand Corn Muffin Mix. Remember, Jiffy Brand Corn Muffin Mix. If you don't get it, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent use of a asshole. Thank you. I think that is maybe one of the funniest combinations of words to me, and it hits me every time. I, I love it. I, 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 it's been a go-to uh, ass, eating a uh, ass from NSP tweets. Uh, and every time people correct it, and I think it's I'm like, if you don't understand what I'm doing with this, that's not on me. But that's engagement. Like, it's it's his engagement. Thank you. Jory Thank deploys you. a uh, asshole better than anybody else I know. He's the unparalleled oh, uh, asshole champion. I don't think I've heard him say it. I got to get him to say it. Yeah. Um, <sighs> anyway, so that's us talking about tar. It was fun. If you, I don't. If you listen to this whole thing, I don't know if you would want to see the movie. You want to see the movie. Go see the movie. People who like this show, I think, will like it. And you know what? As always, if people don't like it, I'm interested to hear why. I actually have not seen any really negative reviews. I'm sure there are people that don't like it. I would be interested to hear They take some interesting angles. Yes, and I can understand if for a lot of people, the ending, which, by the way, ends up her uh, with her conducting an orchestra at like a Monster Hunter event, playing Mm -hmm. Monster Hunter music. Uh... I could see a lot of people getting to that point and just being like, what the fuck? And then getting mad. Uh, I think that I don't have that reaction. I thought it was great. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Your mileage may vary, right? Different opinions exist. Watch Tar, but also watch Michael Haneke's The Piano Teacher and thank me later. That's a ju- That movie is so, it's it's like, it's a bad time. It got like, this is like, you know, top 40 lists of most disturbing movies of all time. The Piano Teacher's probably on, like, it's not like it's violent or, I, I get, well, it's Haneke, so it's like a little. Anyway, great. Summer fun for the whole family. Bye. Jif- Jiffy Muffins. Jiffy Fuck Muffins. You. <laughs> Well, here we are. We are here for another mini-sode. So we, we did, in successive weeks, we did Talk and Tor, and then we did Talk and Tar. Mm-hmm. So what are we talking this week, Layden? Uh, we're talking bar. Talking bar. Okay, great. Why not? Those uh, mixed drink recipes. Uh, 
I, I wasn't prepared to follow through on this bit. Well, uh, now I'm going to make you. Okay, great. Um, what's your favorite uh, drink? What's my favorite drink? A penicillin I love. Right. Like if, I remember if that. I Remind go me what somewhere it is. and they have it on the menu, I will absolutely get it. It's scotch, lemon, and honey. Yes. And usually yes, like yes, ginger yes. in it. Very refreshing. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's, what's your favorite mixed drink? Well, my go-to is the old-fashioned, uh, nice. which I make a good one of and enjoy drinking when they're well-made. Uh, I also like, I mean, look, I, I, I enjoy a, a well-crafted cocktail, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I like tiki drinks, I was going to say. I, I, I'm always good. a fan of tiki drinks. Uh, we have been to the tiki tea together and mm-hmm. have enjoyed drinks there. Yeah, um, I, I, it's probably more accurate that we've been within the vicinity of each other at TQT. Yes, uh, since you you immediately left to go outside and talk to someone else, but that's fine. Yes, yeah. I uh, I feel like my go to is just like a whiskey sour, which generally yep. getting them places that aren't like a nice bar, they're shit, but it's a shit that I enjoy. Um, egg whites or no egg whites? I don't care either way. Uh, it doesn't really make a difference to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I enjoy them either way. But it's very funny when Jarek and Allison and Vernon and I go places because all of us will get whiskey sours. It's a good drink. It is. And I forget who. It was probably Allison, but started calling them Weissows. So you get a little time. Oh, that's good. Weissow. Yep. Um, yeah. What else do I like? I, I For a while I was getting like makers and coke and it's just like mm. there's there are variables there it's not like what i, I want can think when of I, two yeah when i order a makers and coke because like jack, jack daniel uh, it's cooler to say i don't really like jack daniels very jack much jack daniels but sucks it's, it's just pretty, it's bad. obnoxiously bad it is really um, bad yes absolutely. even when you're smothering it with another flavor uh-huh. uh it's it's but terrible. when i when I ordered, you know, any sort of whiskey and Coke situation, in my mind, I want that like crispy McDonald's Coke. And what I get is mm, flat mm-hmm. Coke every flat fucking time. Flat bar Coke. Yeah. Flat bar Coke. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, I hate Jack Daniels. I would occasionally order a Jack and Coke and it's like, ugh, why? It's. Oh, it's bad. No. It, uh, it is... Memories of like being very jet lagged and getting a double <laughs> Jack and Coke. Oh God, it was no! Just like fucking awful. My go to warmest Coke. Ugh, my go to like easy mixed drink is a gin and tonic. It's refreshing. Tonic's... It's cool. Yeah. Used to drink them with me ouch before NSP twerp shows. Aww. Get some, get some limes. It was in our rider. Get a nice mixable gin like a Bombay Sapphire. And, do you, with, uh, with your gins, do you like a, a botanical? I do not gin. I well, okay. I like you know. I know it's mass produced, but I do like Hendrix. When I find I, the really like flowery stuff is not not my uh, cup of gin. I should say. Um, wow. Yeah, it's like I'm not. If I'm going to sip on something, it's not going to be a gin. It'll be a a bourbon or a rye or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I think about the gin bar. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. That actually um, right. Fuck, internet common etiquette is the bartender at that bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a place for them. I just, I never really want 
that. Ra- Rachel's a big gin fan, and so I will frequently try different – I'll gift her bottles on you know holidays mm-hmm. or whatever. And almost invariably, they're like too flowery and botanical. And yeah. every once in a while, it does. One it, it can well, but... feel like licking a soap dish. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like I don't know. Like it's. I feel the same way about real like peaty scotches. It's like I, it's too much flavor. There's too much going on here, and mm. it's great that people like them. But typically, I want something simpler. Yeah, I think the first time I ever tried scotch, got it was Allison giving me that scotch and cutting my hair in in her bathroom. Uh huh. It was beautiful, but I was like, oh, this is like sucking on a charcoal briquette. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and since then, I have, you know, grown to enjoy it more, not like I'm drinking it straight up all the time. Is there a mixed drink that you wish you liked? Uh, well, I could be really anything super sweet, but I do like the t- tiki drinks. The tiki uh, drinks are just in another zone. It's, it's like once you introduce zone, coconut... Yeah. And pineapple, like every all sins are forgotten. Yeah, I mean they're, they're drinks that I, well, I I don't wish I liked a fucking apple teeny or whatever. Those are just sure uh, appalling. Um, let's see. I don't have a, a great answer to that. I'm never much of a vodka person, so any kind of vodka drink I will typically. Uh, well, avoid. also when. When somebody gives you vodka and is like, this is really good vodka, a good vodka doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Well, you know, that's unfair. I'm sure somebody who is a big vodka head is going to come in and correct me. But like, you know, the ideal thing is that you don't taste it, which is why that's what I drank in college, because you can just dump it in anything and that's right. Now, let's talk about getting fucked up in college. So I believe we have talked about Hold on, hold on, hold on. I I asked a very specific question to you that I actually had an answer for. Oh, yes. Let's hear Normally, it. when I ask other people questions that are, you know, I have come up with a thing and I'm asking you, I almost never am thinking about it. Like, I just want to say what I think. Mm-hmm. I wish, I fucking wish I liked a martini because. Oh, yeah. The, I love a martini. The, the potential of like a extremely dirty martini sounds good to me. And every time I've drank one, I've just been like, this is fucking miserable. Oh, I love it. Now, I will say. That I learned recently, within the last few years, what I consider the secret of a good martini, which is the way... So my, my favorite martini I've ever had, they make at the wonderful Musso and Frank restaurant here in Los Angeles, California. Oh, I gotta go there. I've never uh, we, we gotta go there. It's Rachel's favorite, too. That would be a fun adult Shit. hangout. Um, yeah. Uh, they make the best martini. And what it is, is it's... it's a. Uh, I will always order a gin martini rather than a vodka martini. Of and course. it's uh, the gin of choice. I usually go Hendrix. And then it's three parts gin to one part Lille Blanc, which mm. is like, it's sort of like a, is it a sweet wine? I don't know what the fuck it is. It's some kind of aromatic, I think. Um, and it's, so when I would make martinis in the past, it'd be like a drizzle of vermouth and then not much more. But right. <clears throat> it, it always was variable. Like it was basically just gin. When you mix the Lillet in, it's fucking perfect. So that's my, and I looked up like, well, why are their martinis so good? It's because their recipe is three parts gin to one part Lillet Blanc. And it rules. It's so good. Wow. That's very interesting. I'm thinking of, this is like barely related just in terms of bars. I always forget if it's called Babyface or Angel Face in Portland. 
because uh, their deal is just kind of go in and you describe what you want and they'll make you like a mystery cocktail it, oh, it was pretty that's cute fun. um i hate portland though so probably not going back you there. hate portland i didn't know you hated portland have we not talked about how much i hate portland maybe we have but i don't remember i you know i had a job there oh uh, yes that's right that's right. That wasn't yes. great. But beyond me not, you know, that job being a bad time, like I just I w- I spent a good bit of time there and it was like I should like this place and for mm-hmm. some reason I hate it. Uh I know like everybody we know are big Portland heads, but I like Portland. Port- Port- Portis heads, if you will. <laughs> I mean, Portland what Portland has that no other place has is simple, then that is Powell's books. Which is it's true. It's very true. Uh, the best. I'm looking through a list of like classic cocktails, and honestly, I like them pretty much all. Uh, I you know I won't drink. By the way, I, I'm happy to see uh, Negroni's like making coming a back? coming back. Like I love a Negroni, and they're very easy to make, and uh, they seem to be very popular. What's the was, on, was it on some show or something that? There was a particular type of Negroni that someone was ordering. Was it a TikTok thing? I don't fucking know. Uh, I don't. Wait a second. Was it? So I have neighbors who I'm friends with who are bartenders and have been like bartending for fucking ever. Uh, and they were talking about it was like Stanley Tucci potentially. Yes, with a with Prosecco. Yes, and they were they were like fuck like we hate that guy because that's not how you do it and now everybody thinks that's how you do it i believe it's what is it it's a negroni spagliato with prosecco or something like that i might be saying the spagliato word let's see mm. I, I bet this is going to autocomplete what do we think yes it did autocomplete yeah spagliato i don't know what spagliato means where did this come from why are people obsessed with this oh you can get it on a hat that's fun who wouldn't want that neat you know, I I also I love a Moscow the Mule TikTok cocktail. Yeah, I love a dark and stormy. Both of those are variable based on the ginger beer, and it's always a hundred percent. You know, I always want to ask like, what fucking ginger beer are you using? Why would you call it a TikTok cocktail and not a TikTok tail? Yeah. Anyway, cock-talk. sorry, I interrupted you. Please continue. Um, do you remember when everybody was all about Aperol spritzes for a bit? Oh my God! Yes. I when that happened, I was on a date to um, Little Doms, and oh. we were we were both right next like, to Little Subs. <laughs> good, Thank um, you. very good, very good. Uh, but we were like, "What's the deal? Everybody here is drinking an Aperol spritz. Oh we have God. to try it." And we got one. It's not good. <laughs> we both drank it, and we're like, "What the?" fuck not not a good drink. Nope. We, my date was like looking at the waiter and was like i seriously i feel the same minds over same way about a pim's cup have you ever had a you pim's know, cup i've never had it but i remember it was one of the few cocktails that i knew as a kid because in the ricky gervais film ghost town I, actually a movie i like i thought it was fun um Fuck, who is it? It's the 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 other guy in it. He orders a Pim's cup. cup and... uh, let's see who's in that. It's Taya Leone. Is oh, it's Greg Kinnear, right? Okay, thank you. That's yes. what I was trying to think of. Yeah, he orders a Pim's cup. Right? And Isn't it Greg Ricky Kinnear? Ricky Gervais gives some so. shit about it. Also, Alan Ruck is in that movie. Yes, uh, and so is uh, Jeff Hiller, who's very funny. A mm-hmm. uh, bunch of people are in that movie. 
Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, as a young atheist, you know, what's funny is my mom was the one who loved Ricky Gervais, but she's like hmm. incredibly Catholic. Uh, and I think she, she just had to overcome her atheist hatred just because she thought Ricky Gervais is funny, well, which, you know, wait, is he an atheist? Uh, he he is he's one of those guys where i'm like you're making us look bad dude calm the fuck down bad calm down with it literally nobody cares like nobody cares that you're an atheist just i don't like it when christians are you know talking about being christian all the time i don't want my atheists my my fellow atheists to do the same shit it's obnoxious well especially when the implied messaging even if he doesn't say this explicitly but the implied message is look how much smarter i am than you like anyone who's not an atheist is a big old dummy and that is just a dumb and b uh counterproductive have have we talked about extras I don't think so, but I'd frequently rewatch the scene with David Bowie in the bar. Oh, I don't even know that particular. I, I feel what? like every. Oh, it's good. I I loved. I remember torrenting extras when I was in like middle school, early high school, and just like being obsessed with it. It was mainly I, I was thirst watching for Stephen Merchant, which oh, is a. He's so great. <laughs> thirst watching for Stephen Merchant is a special kind of. Whatever all of us obsessed with Portal Two Wheatley were on, uh-huh. it was that. <laughs> he's great. I he's he's so mm. yeah. I like Stephen Merchant a lot. Uh, there's the things I remember from extras. Were like here and there. It was the uh, uh, him in Patrick Stewart's trailer. Do you remember this? <laughs> They've already and, seen everything. <laughs> already, her clothes just fall off. <laughs> they just fall off. <laughs> yeah, that that's a classic. I love. Uh, Kate Winslet, yep, giving dick sucking advice in a nun costume. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good one too. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe with the condom dressed as a Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I I really enjoyed the show. I I think I tried giving it another watch like in the past five years, and it's just like insufferable, like problematic. Yeah, and, and you know, normally I don't. I'm not like, oh, I'm not going to consume media because it's problematic. But it was just like, oh, when the comedy is all about problematic shit I, and it's Ricky Gervais, it's just hard. Hasn't aged well. The David Bowie scene is pretty great. He they, They're in like a VIP section of bar and he calls David Bowie over or, or vice versa. I can't remember. And there's a piano and basically David Bowie makes up a song about how pathetic Ricky Gervais' character is. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. And it's David Bowie. I, you can watch anything with David Bowie. It's always amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't rewatched the British Office for a long time either, so I'm curious if that would still seem. I was, I mean, when that fucking came out, you were probably four or something. Uh, probably, my parents loved it. My all my friends were just like obsessed with it. Um, I had a buddy in my band who learned the whole. Do you remember the the dance Ricky Gervais does where he, what does he call it? It's like a mashup between MC Hammer and disco or something. What, what? I vaguely remember this. Well, he learned that whole dance and could do it on command. That's uh, precious. But yeah, I wonder if that if that holds up. Although I, I agree with the people who say the American version is better. Yeah. Or more fully realized than the British. 
certainly <clears throat> i we we were just recording we mentioned the wire Did, have you watched the wire yeah years ago i mean it's probably been 15 years ish since i've seen it but gotcha. yeah I, I watched all the wire and that the wire now is the kind of thing where I have very few memories of what happened in The Wire, but I remember the actors, of course, right. Idris Elba being the most prominent, like, that's Idris the first Elba place I saw him. being so hot, it's unreal. And just great. Like, yeah, it's, he's amazing. Everybody on the show is just acting their hearts out. The guy who plays Omar is amazing. Yeah, Michael K. Williams, R.I.P. Uh, the yeah, Everybody's great. And those guys always show up and shit all the time. And in fact... Uh, Chad, is it L? Chad L. Coleman, who plays Cuddy, who you may not have seen yet, although I can't remember when he shows up. He's on Always Sunny, and I've been rewatching that, oh. and he shows up a bunch. Yeah. Shit. He's one of, like, Frank's buddies. Yeah, it's, um, I love McNulty. He, he, <laughs> the way I describe the way that Dominic West looks is that he looks like every piece of supernatural Castiel fan art come to life. Somebody tell me I'm wrong on this. Like do okay. one Google. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'll do this right now. Okay. Spell that supernatural. I got that. Supernatural Castiel yeah. Tumblr that. fan art. I don't know how to. Uh, yeah. C-A-S-T-I-E-L. What does that mean? That's his name. That's a character. That's Misha Collins's character. Okay. Fan art. Uh-huh. Okay just yep yeah that tracks yeah there's just like a certain like visual shorthand with how people draw him that it's like yeah mcnulty's got he, he just has such prominent like lines on his face yeah it's great you love to see it i i just love that that gave a a set of i don't know 30 character actors careers for the rest of their lives <laughs> seriously show. amy ryan who shows up i believe in season two she literally uh, just showed up uh, yeah for me incredible right yeah um uh so, so many so many awesome people uh yeah uh fuck who else there's uh, uh michael b jordan right isn't it yeah i don't think i met uh, him baby yet. michael b jordan i believe wow yeah he's one of the kids Oh man! I think so. Yeah. I could be wrong. I thought that was the case. I haven't seen it in forever. It's just so well written. I'm I'm really yeah, enjoying it. Uh, yeah, it's great. And that was one of those like, uh, you know, prestige HBO things. That was I remember that. And it was it contemporaneous with The Sopranos. It was right. I believe we at the same time. Yeah. So I think the wire might've been on a little longer, uh, the passage of time. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think they were on at the same time. Um, yeah, it's It's great. I got to rewatch it. It's been a really, really long time. I I'm now going, I mentioned this on a recent episode, although maybe that hasn't come out yet. Uh, I've been rewatching the Larry Sanders show on HBO mm. and oh my God, it's, <laughs> it's some slow going, but it's, uh, it has, Two incredible performances by actors who may not be the best people as human beings, but the performances are like unparalleled. I'm talking about who's uh, in it. Uh, the the two I'm well, Gary Shandling, of course, created it. Uh, there are a lot of great people in it: Janine Garofalo, Scott Thompson, Bob Odenkirk, Penny Johnson, Gerald. Uh, uh, of course, my my favorite actor of all time, Jeremy Piven. 
is is in it uh cool guy cool vibes just just love him would like to hang out with him seems fun you know that kind of guy um very very just chill that's how i I describe jeremy Mm -hmm. um uh but uh specifically the the two i'm talking about are jeffrey tambor and rip torn who are uh seems like they were they don't behave well but they do a great job on the show is rip torn dead he is okay well rest in piss then yes i i was gonna (laughs) sorry i was gonna gonna say um speaking of shows that are slow moving Mm -hmm. i I feel like once i'm done with the wire i got i gotta do a Mad Men rewatch yeah i I, I haven't watched it since it was on that's mini fodder Um, Loved it at the time. I think we should. I agree with that. I would rewatch Mad Men for sure. Jory's, Jory's a big Mad Men uh, head. Uh, yeah, well, he's like the original Don Draper. <laughs> that mental image is so funny. I can't take it. When the hat and the tie, the skinny tie. <laughs> you know. uh, that's, oh. that's, that's what the money is for. <laughs> that was a fucking perfect Jory. <laughs> Thank you. Oh fuck. Yeah, that sh- that show was definitely I felt very sophisticated watching it as a teen when it yes. was still coming on. I remember watching that finale and being upset that he didn't take a ride on the sewer slide like the theme song, the th- the title title credits. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, I I mean again, amazing actors. Like yeah. Great, great people. Robert Morris, fucking Robert Morris, uh, as uh, Cooper, oh, the old so man. Great. And he was like, you know, so the the casting there was interesting because he, Robert Morris, made his name as the lead in the musical How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying on both oh. stage and screen. So that's a little bit of a nod to this guy who was in a very popular movie and uh, play musical about like executives in the 60s wow yep and then he's the old man in that one yeah also uh jared harris amazing as always so good and i think the culmination of his arc is like the most maybe one of the more emotionally gutting moments in television for me like it's up Mm -hmm. there along with certain events at the end of season five of the sopranos which i haven't seen which you haven't seen um yeah it's just uh, that that you know episode where shit happens to him uh is very affecting especially because they sort of set up like a series of punchlines to it yes woof yeah um oh yes let's rewatch that and we can do with that fucking jory the original don anything without jory (laughs) um <clears throat> yeah man television it's so good and like the only i'm 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 just like surviving right now mentally and mm-hmm. i just get into my little bed and i watch a little bit of the wire and i just love it oh i was watching um andre royo who plays bubbles Bubbles, yes he's he great. did uh like amoeba what's in my bag oh uh, nice it was adorable. He was like picking up Bonnie Vare for his fourteen-year-old daughter. Aww. Yeah, he he he. Uh, and what? Just one of the characters in the show. Where you're like that guy's awesome. Yeah, and also he just talks like that. 
Right. That's right. Every time I, every, every character he's ever played talks like that, which is great because it's very compelling and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Uh, what was I, I've been, uh, TV wise. I was going to fuck. I was going to ask you about something. It wasn't Larry Sanders. I can't even remember anymore. Oh, this is what I was going to ask you about. Uh, I, uh, have you seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross ever? <laughs> no, I haven't. Because here's my question. Does anyone care about it anymore? Like it's, I don't know. It's just like Dick swinging energy for. I think it has the one scene and that single scene that is contributed to the cultural conversation is, and is continually referenced and is the only thing that I really know about that. Well, that that's part of my question is like, you know, it's this like very uh, famous play and movie and yet I had forgotten basically everything about it except that one scene and was yeah. rewatching it recently. Um, and also Alec Baldwin getting a very prominent credit for what, three minutes of screen time or something. Yeah. But that's um, the only three minutes of that movie. Anybody cares about. But and, and he's great in it again. What a fucking cool guy. Just like, you know, he seems awesome, <laughs> you know, chill, kind, just everything everything you could everything you could want and you know what he's so fucking good on 30 rock the work that he put in on 30 rock like one of the more compelling and it for like a non-drama too for i know for jack donaghy to be such an incredible character the entire run Um, he's one of the all-time great sitcom characters unambiguously yeah like Maybe may, maybe not the best guy. Yeah, but I I think the um the last time I was thinking about Glengarry Glenn Ross was I was listening to Bill Hader on NPR talking about Barry, and uh-huh. you know he picks that monologue to do when he's doing uh <laughs> the Alec Baldwin one. Yeah, he's doing that, but you know in the way that Barry would do it, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how they were picking monologues for that. They were like, we need something that is just so completely opposite of Barry <laughs> that he's going to yeah. completely misinterpret and fuck up. So uh, was Rachel was just telling me about an old, that might be a reference to an old second city sketch where uh, apparently it's a, uh, it's like an audition and this girl walks in. She's like, Hi. And they're like, okay, here, let's look over your CV. So it looks like you've been uh, Laura in the Glass Menagerie. Yeah. And uh, and then you did a, a, a dinner theater production as Laura in the Glass Menagerie. Uh-huh. And then you did a touring production of the Glass Menagerie as Laura. Yeah, that's right. Now you realize this is a play about a bunch of guys in a real estate office. Uh, and, and she's like auditioning for the Alec Baldwin part <laughs> in, in that or something. Uh, I've never seen this sketch, but Rachel was telling me about it. Is so that maybe, maybe it's a, that's well, that's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. This woman who has only played Laura in the Glassman Ashery <laughs> auditioning for one of the real estate assholes in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Did you ever see the Kevin Spacey movie Swimming with Sharks? <clears throat> that movie's awful. It's really bad. And I, for some reason, I've seen it Swimming twice with in my Shri- life. Is it like, are they like businessmen or something? It's like um, Kevin Spacey is playing a direct, 
director, producer, question mark, and he has a personal assistant. And he oh, it's out re- now. Wait, is there a separate there's a, there's, thing a, there's a remake. There was a remake with women. I oh. forgot about this. Oh. I Maybe that version's good. I don't know. Well, here it is. I see Kevin Spacey, Frank Whaley, Benicio Del Toro, Michelle Forbes. Okay. It's a bad movie. I don't know. I, I guess I mentally class it with Glengarry for some oh, reason. Yeah, it's, it's about the same time, right? A couple years later. Box yeah. office, sorry, budget. $700,000 box office, 382000 Ooh. Oof. Not good. Yeah, it wasn't good either. It has one of the like dumbest third act turns. Um, it's very, very stupid. But it's also like Kevin Spacey at peak. I am an abusive asshole. <laughs> so there's a, a bit more uncomfortableness watching it in present day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's you for whatever reason, and I don't know why... A bunch of stuff I've watched recently has all been early 90s or like early 90s dramas. Uh, although I guess, yeah, it, it, I mean, that's the high point of American culture. Uh, the So I guess Larry Sanders is not a drama, but it was like, I think it started in 92. And then Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I actually just rewatched <laughs> My Cousin Vinny, which oh. fucking rules. Oh, my God. It's so great. What a I haven't fun, seen it in forever, but what a great fun. movie! Uh, it is. Yeah, someone was pointing out recently. There are very few big budget comedies anymore. Live action yeah. movie comedies. You know, I think Bros, which I talked about recently and I really liked, is one of the few recent comedies that has come out. Yeah, I'm trying it's, to think of the last ones I've seen in theaters, and I think yeah. the last one that made it so I just refused to see any other ones was Office Christmas Party. I God, it was I don't bad. Even remember that? Jason Bateman's in it. <clears throat> I think. Oh, I it know. sounds like something remember. Jason Bateman would be in. Yes, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Is it him? It could also be some other guy. It's a movie called Office Christmas Party. Very Ooh. bad, right? Um, and then before that, I mean, like. In terms of ones that I saw in theaters that I liked <laughs> in the past, is in it. Yes. <clears throat> uh, honestly, the Dark Horse unexpected ones were Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. Really, those are those are solid fucking movies. Those movies are great, and especially going into that first one, just zero, like I got dragged to it. Zero expectations. They're really yep. fucking funny. Talk about. I mean, I think those are the classic examples examples of movies that have. That are much better than they have any right to be. Any yeah. right to be. Why are they so good? So funny. Channing Tatum is hilarious and he just needs to like let him be funny and he does great. You know what he also is great in? Uh, have you seen Hail Caesar? No, I haven't. Um, is that a Coen Brothers movie? It is. And it, I was thinking okay. about this the other day. It's strong contender for maybe my favorite Coen Brothers. Really? It is fucking great and only keeps getting better. Uh, but Channing Tatum, they, there's a little uh, musical scene that he's in where he plays a sailor and they sing a, a song called No Dames. And <laughs> A, the song is just like a pitch perfect version of like a that kind of Rodgers and Hammerstein, uh, you know, South Pacific-y sort of song. Uh, and he is incredible in it. Uh, you know what? Here, I'm going to send you a clip. Let's see if I can find this gonna watch this together you know he he really looks like if a brick had a wish to be a real boy <laughs> yes absolutely is this it 
Yeah, here it is. Oh, wait, nope, that starts in the middle. We don't want that. Okay, here we go. I'm going to send this to you. I want you to watch this. I love this song, too. All right, tell me when you're ready. I am at zero. And three, two, one, play. It's real long, but we won't watch the whole thing. So they're in a bar called the Swingin' Dinghy. The Swingin' Dinghy is closing, folks. Time for me to clean up. Time for you to clear out. So long, fellas. See you in eight months. Eight months? Yeah, we're shipping out in the morning. Golly, eight months without a dinghy. Can you there he is. It? <laughs> have to beat it. <laughs> we are heading out to sea. And however it'll be, it ain't gonna be the same. Cause no matter what we see when we're out there on the sea, we ain't gonna see a dame. We'll be searching high and low on the deck and down below. I love this scene so much. Wow. Oh, we'll see a lot of fish, but we'll never clock a dish. We ain't gonna see a day. No day. We might see some octopuses. No day. Or a half a dozen clams. No <laughs> or a half a dozen clams, especially if we're this. We might even see a boy maid. But boy maid's got no gams. <laughs> no gams. Beautiful. <clears throat> okay, hold on. Just one second. I want you to skip to... Uh, Channing Tatum doing tap. Fucking amazing. Uh, skip to four minutes and 30 seconds on the nose. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one, play. On it. Where's the scene? Or the move? There we go. <laughs> this. <laughs> His face over that guy's butt is just. <laughs> Awesome. Anyway, I love Hail Caesar. It's got everybody, you know, Tilda Swinton, Josh Brolin, and all the Coen Brothers people. It's fucking awesome. Shit. I've got to watch that. It's something. It's really, really good. Whenever Uh, I start watching movies again, God knows when that'll be. Well, you got to finish the wire. Span returns for more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cool. Uh, I think that's a good place to stop feels great yeah this is fun folks we have like these two weeks it's back-to-back fucking bangers right there are some really great episodes and what i like in particular is they are with guests that uh, are solidly outside my wheelhouse but solidly inside (laughs) yours which i think is great i love it i mean that's that's why there's two different people hosting the show yes indeed and I, I've really gotten into it with both of these guests, uh, who I, you know, I'm a big fan of both of them. Uh, yep. and it's been pretty adorable. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, also, it's great. folks, if you, <coughs> God damn, 
my fucking throat. Um, that was not what I was going to say. What I was going to say was we need clips for the best of 2022. Literally, let's crowdsource this shit. Let's let's yeah, we need help. Work please, together. Please. We need help. We need bits, extended bits, like minutes long, so we can edit them together into an episode that is roughly an episode length. So if there, if you think back on the past year of late and night conversations that you enjoyed, or what, it would be a big help if you tell us what you liked because I don't know what people like, and also I don't remember shit from the past year. Yeah, why why would you? Why would I? As discussed on one of these episodes that comes out, I go into a full fugue state. Whatever we talk about, by the time I get the episode to do the notes, I'm like, I don't even remember what we talked about. And now I have to listen to it to remember what we talked about. Yep. Living the dream. All right, bye. All right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> this is Brian talking to you from the present day which is April 2023, we do not need clips anymore from the best of 2022. That was months ago. But thank you to everybody who submitted them. Bye.